Girl podcast, we review the risk of anesthesia-related complications in brachiocephalic dogs. Just how worried should we be when it comes to anesthetizing them? We all have a healthy respect for the troubled airways of our brachiocephalic breeds. We see them in our emergency rooms for airway-related crises, or we see them in our ER for prophylactic and emergent airway surgeries. Anesthesia is risky for any pet. It's part of our hospital's practice to warn owners about their pet's anesthetic risk, which may be increased in these special smush-faced breeds, though we haven't had any strong veterinary studies to officially document this for us. So, Grunheide and all, out of the Ohio State University, wanted to evaluate this in a study called Risk of Anesthesia-Related Complications in Brachiocephalic Dogs. The author sought to review medical records from brachiocephalic dogs that underwent various surgeries in their hospital to determine if these brachiocephalic dogs are in fact at a higher risk for perianesthetic complications than non-brachiocephalic breeds. The authors retrospectively reviewed anesthetic medical records from 2012. The authors were careful to select medical records from only those brachiocephalic and non-brachiocephalic dogs that were relatively healthy as supported by an ASA designation of 1, 2, or 3, and they excluded all emergency surgeries. As our vet girl anesthesiologist, Dr. Jane Quant, board-certified anesthesiologist, always says, the ASA score matches the number of fluid pumps you typically need with that patient. To limit any surgical procedure bias, once a brachiocephalic dog's record was selected for inclusion into the study, the authors matched it with a non-brachiocephalic dog's record that underwent the same surgical procedure, or at least a surgery of similar degree of invasiveness. The authors tried to match age, weight, and sex between the two groups, but this was not consistent throughout the study. In total, 223 dogs were included in each group. Brachiocephalic dogs that were investigated included boxers, English bulldogs, shih tzus, pugs, Boston terriers, mastiffs, French bulldogs, American bulldogs, Sharpays, Lhasa Apsos, Brussels griffons, Pekingese, and doggy de Bordeaux. So, what'd they find in this study? Brachiocephalic dogs were 1.57 times more likely than non-brachiocephalic dogs to experience an intra-anesthetic complication and that each additional 30-minute increment of anesthesia carried with it an increased odds of developing an intra-anesthetic complication by 0.6%. Unfortunately, the authors don't clearly describe what they categorize as intra-anesthetic complications but they reference that they looked at factors that we globally know to be intra-anesthetic complications, such as hypotension, described in this paper as a systolic blood pressure less than 80 millimeters of mercury, hypothermia, described in this paper as a rectal or esophageal temperature less than 96.1 degrees Fahrenheit, and bradycardia, described in this paper as a heart rate less than 60 beats per minute, though the authors don't mention whether they considered breed variations in their, quote, normal heart rate ranges. The authors found that intact females seem to have an increased risk of intra-anesthetic complications, but this finding would need to be investigated more closely to determine if any other factors, such as surgical procedure for these females, played any bias. Factors associated with a decreased risk of intra-anesthetic complications included neutering, the surgical service performing the surgery, although this likely was related more to the invasiveness and or complications of the actual surgery being performed, and increased body weight, although the authors acknowledge that they can't conclude whether this factor is related to breed variation in size or to body condition index. 
When looking at the post-anesthesia complications, brachiocephalic dogs were found to be 4.33 times as likely to experience a complication, and this risk increased by 18% for each additional 30-minute increment of anesthesia. Orthopedic surgeries were less likely to produce post-anesthetic complications as compared to soft tissue surgeries, but again, this finding is likely multifactorial. Invasive procedures were five times more likely to produce post-anesthesia complications than non-invasive procedures. The most common post-anesthetic complications was aspiration pneumonia. None of the non-brachiocephalic dogs experienced aspiration pneumonia. Other post-anesthetic complications identified in brachiocephalic dogs included regurgitation, dysphoria, prolonged recovery, stertorous breathing, death, vomiting, anemia, facial edema, problems of the urinary tract, and inappetence. The authors mentioned that they looked at induction agents and maintenance anesthesia agents and found that the use of ketamine plus a benzodiazepine for anesthetic induction led to brachiocephalics developing more post-anesthetic complications than if propofol was used instead. This finding is a bit shocking as this combination is regarded as being cardio and respiratory protective. However, they do not explain what specific post-anesthetic complications were associated with this combination, and the authors did not provide a suggested theory as to why this relationship might occur, so it's difficult to put a lot of weight on this finding at this time. That being said, we should always be careful in selection of anesthetic and sedative agents and strongly consider their known protective and potentially harmful effects. Since regurgitation and aspiration pneumonia are a big risk for our brachiocephalics, some of us may recommend withholding food for 24 hours prior to surgery for brachiocephalic breeds, but study results are conflicting as to whether there's a benefit to this measure. That girl's personal opinion, more moropitant for everyone pre-op. We can take away one small positive benefit to being a brachiocephalic. They were less likely to develop VPCs during anesthesia. The authors suggest this is likely due to elevated vagal tone in brachiocephalics, which causes sinus bradycardia and may put them in a lower risk for developing BPCs. So what can we take away from this Vectoral podcast? We can now tell our clients that brachiocephalic dogs are 1.57 times more likely to experience intra-anesthetic complications than non-brachiocephalic dogs. And their increased risk for post-anesthesia complications merits careful consideration of their anesthetic plan. Measures we can take to potentially minimize these risks are to ensure pre-anesthetic lab blood work looks clear of any metabolic or organ function troubles, pre-anesthetic radiographs to ensure no smoldering pneumonia or compromise of the airway is present, pre-oxygenation before intubation to help minimize risks of apnea and hypoxemia in the pre-anesthetic period, slow recovery with prolonged intubation until the patient is fully awake and can protect against airway obstruction after extubation, gastroprotectant medications such as antacids or antiemetics to help minimize post-anesthetic regurgitation and doing everything possible to minimize anesthesia time will be protective against post-operative complications. <laughs>